Welcome to Open Arms Church Online. My name is Brad Beebe, and it's such an honor and privilege to be speaking with you this morning. I'm going to be speaking a message that I've titled, Don't Be Overcome, But Be an Overcomer. I want to begin in the book of John in chapter 16. This is a chapter that is a continuation of previous chapters where Jesus has been preparing his disciples for his departure. And it begins in John chapter 16, verse 1, and Jesus says this. He said, I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. You see, Jesus knew what was coming concerning his arrest, his torture, his crucifixion, and death was going to shake his disciples' faith to its very core. So he was preparing them. So when these traumatic events happened, that they would not abandon their faith. Well, let's bring Jesus' statement into 2021 where we all are. Because we have all been going through a very traumatic worldwide event. We probably all know someone who has had questions about God in this past season. That may even be you. We may even know some people who have abandoned their faith in God. During this past year, I had some questions too. My wife and I in January 2020 were actually preparing to launch a church just outside of Dublin. In hindsight, that may not have been a great year for that. Now months into our lockdown, I was out cutting grass in our front garden. And our front and back garden is uh, on a bit of property. We live out in the country, and we have a lot of grass for me to cut. Well, while I'm doing this, I like to make the best use of my time, so I'm usually praying while I'm doing that. This particular time, I was having a real honest conversation with God. And I was asking him seriously and honestly, Lord, why do you have me doing this ministry in Ireland? You see, I was feeling frustrated as it has turned out in some studies that we were in the fourth strictest lockdown in Ireland in the world. Did you know that? And I was being frustrated because I was isolated month after month after month. And to be honest with you, I was really struggling. And so I'm having this conversation with God because I'm watching everything that my wife and I have invested so much into physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially just evaporate before my eyes. And so what I'm sharing with you today is what has gotten me through that season. Now what God answered as I prayed prayed that day really isn't what I had expected. I was hoping for something kind of profound, maybe even a little flattering, but what the Lord spoke to my heart was just three words. And what he said was, you don't quit. That was his answer to my question. Now believe me when I say in this past season, I have wanted to quit so many times. That may be even like some of you. But I understood that there is much more at stake. We live in a me myself and I generation, where it's all about us. 
But once we make Jesus the Lord of our life and make him our Savior, we begin to realize that life is much bigger than just ourselves. But it's actually about other people. The reason I refuse to quit isn't because I haven't wanted to. It's because I realize that my life makes a difference, and so does yours. Now back to the disciples. Jesus was spending a lot of time in chapters 14, 15, and 16 preparing his disciples so that they wouldn't be overcome and so they wouldn't quit. And he ends on this note where we'll spend the majority of this message in. In John chapter 16, in verse 33, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome this world. Now here's my spin on that verse. Jesus is asking, listen lads, I've got some good news and some bad news. It almost sounds like it's a joke, right? But it's not. Jesus is saying, I have some good news and I have some bad news. Which would you like first? So the disciples talk amongst themselves, and like most of us, they decided that they'd like the good news first. So Jesus says, in me, you may have peace. Now that's pretty good news, right? But then he delivers the bad news, the kind of news none of us want to hear. And he says, in this world, you will have tribulation. This isn't something that any of us want to hear. In fact, his disciples are probably thinking to themselves, Jesus, why are you telling us something like that? This isn't even a very faith-filled message, Jesus. It's kind of something that they were probably shocked to hear come out of Jesus' mouth. But Jesus is telling his disciples and you and I the reality of us living in a fallen world full of sin. We've all experienced some tribulation these past 16 months, haven't we? Dealing with COVID, the lockdowns, and the restrictions, and the effects of all three of these. And it hasn't been easy for anyone, including Christians. But you'll notice that Jesus didn't leave it at just, you will have tribulation in this life, did he? You see, it's God, God's will isn't that we be overcome in this life. But it is his will that we be overcomers. Jesus didn't step down from heaven and deal with everything that he did on our behalf, overcoming sin and his death and the absolute very worst that the devil could throw at him just for us to be hit by wave after wave and drown in a sea of tribulation. You may know 1 John 4, 4 where it says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Jesus is saying, yes, in this life, you are going to experience some tribulation. He says in John 10.10 that the devil, the enemy, comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's true. The devil is going to attempt to steal, to kill, and cause destruction in your life to cause you to grow cold to the things of God in order that you would abandon your faith in him. But Jesus immediately follows that statement in John 10.10 10 and says, 
I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Isn't that good news? Now back to John 16, 33. He is saying that if you live this life in me, you can have peace and be of good cheer because I have overcome this world. Listen to what Psalm 91 says in verse 1 through 4 in the New Living Translation. It says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap. Now listen to this next part. And protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. The Bible says that if you abide in him, that he will protect you from deadly disease. Did you know that that includes COVID? COVID is no exemption to God's word. The Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You can say it like this. If COVID comes near your dwelling, it shall not prosper. That's God's word. God's word, isn't it? That's what it says. The honest truth is that in this life, yes, you're going to experience some tribulation. But if you abide in him, you can have peace which surpasses all understanding because you know that there is refuge and safety in him. Listen to this verse. In Isaiah 43, 1 through 3, this is one of my favorites. It says, fear not. When you pass through the waters, I will be there with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God. You can be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. When you're abiding in him, God is right there with you in the middle of whatever storm that you may find yourself in in this life. In those storms, when you're abiding in him, shall not overcome you. But God will help you to be an overcomer. Sadly, much of this world has been living in a perpetual state of fear for the past 16 months. But Jesus tells you and I, in John 14, 1, he says this, Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God and believe also in me. Now, all that I've said about overcoming in this life is God's will for your life. But if we're honest with ourselves, most of our hearts probably have been troubled this past year. In fact, there's probably a lot of us that haven't felt like much, haven't felt much like overcomers, but have actually felt overcome. But I don't want you to be condemned in that. Let's start taking some steps today to overcome that. We're emerging from what has for many of us probably been 
the most challenging and difficult 16 months of our lives. And sadly, we're still dealing with a lot of those things, aren't we? It's been a season for most of uncertainty, of anxiety, of confusion, of loneliness, of frustration, depression, and for some, even hopelessness. So how is it possible for us as Christians to go through seasons as difficult as these 16 months have been and not have a troubled heart? How can we keep ourselves from being overcome? Well, it may seem simple, but the main thing is by making sure that you have a strong foundation that you've built your life upon. Many throughout Ireland and the world are shattered right now because that foundation that they thought they had has crumbled beneath them. So how can you prepare for life's storms and keep your foundation from crumbling? Well, our first step is in recognizing the importance of investing in ourselves. We all realize the importance of investing in our mental health, but it's even more important to invest into our spiritual health. When we do that, our mental health will follow. The second step is actually acting on that recognition and begin to invest in your life's foundation. You see, it's not good enough only to recognize the importance of investing in your spiritual health if you don't actually invest in your spiritual health. You get what I'm saying there? So I'm going to share with you today three keys, and if you'll begin to apply them, you will set yourself up to be an overcomer. The first key is to build your foundation upon God's word. You remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, in verse 24 through 27. Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Listen to me. There is nothing more important in your life than God's word. It's an anchor in the storms of life. It's your compass to navigate life's turbulent waters. It's a lighthouse which shows you the way to safety when everything else around you is in utter chaos. If you're not spending time studying God's word, meditating on it and reading it, you are neglecting the very thing that God has given you to help you navigate and remain stable in this life. The second key is to strengthen your foundation by praying in the Spirit. Jude 1.20 says, But you, dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right in the center of God's love. Next to studying the Bible, there's probably nothing more vital or beneficial to your life than praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is twofold. 
Firstly, by praying in your known language, however the Spirit of God leads you. But secondly, it's by praying by what the Apostle Paul says, praying in the gift of tongues. The Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church this concerning praying in tongues. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in verse 14 through 15, he says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. Well then, what shall I do? Paul goes on to answer his own question. He says, I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words that I understand. So Jude says that by praying in the Spirit, you're building yourself up. You're building your faith. That's because, as we just saw in 1 Corinthians, Paul says that it is your spirit which is praying because your spirit is connected to God's spirit. Romans 8.26 in the Passion Translation, I like what it says there. It says the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times, we don't even know how to pray. How many of us this past season, we are wondering what in the world is going on? I don't even know what to pray for. Well, the Apostle Paul says to pray in the Spirit. He goes on to say that we don't even know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf. Isn't that good? Now listen to what the Apostle Paul says about these first two points. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 13 through 18 in the message version, it says, Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help that you can get, every weapon that God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth righteousness peace faith and salvation are more than words learn how to apply them you'll need them throughout your life listen to this next part it says god's word is an indispensable weapon in the same way prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare pray hard and long now we've all have sung the song this is how we fight our battles, probably, right? Well, Paul is saying here, the two primary weapons that you have to fight the battles in this life are God's word and prayer, praying in the spirit. Now, the third key is do not neglect the assembling of the brethren. What does this mean? It means don't dismiss the importance in your life of attending a life-giving life-changing church in person in hebrews chapter 10 25 it says and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near listen there was a period in my wife's in my life where we wanted to skip church our marriage probably wasn't the healthiest our spiritual life at that time wasn't the healthiest. But we were smart enough to know that church was our lifeline. I've seen too many families, too many marriages and kids badly affected because of the decision to neglect church. The devil would love nothing more 
than to keep you isolated, away from your spiritual family, away from a life-giving, life-changing church, away from people who who will help encourage you and help push you farther in your relationship to God and help encourage you to draw closer to Him. A piece of coal alone isn't going to create much of fire. In our home, we have these massive, like, uh, cast iron stoves, and it takes a lot of, I don't know, coal to get that thing heated, but once it's heated, it gets so warm, we actually have to open up the door, open up the window sometimes, because it gets so hot. But one piece of coal is never going to create the kind of fire needed to heat that stove. It takes, when you add like a bin of coal to that, the fire then becomes massive and it burns intense and it burns hot and it burns for hours. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Now I know there might be some of you whom this past season has drained you. You might feel like the fire that burned inside of you before all this thing started happening in the world, but that just has burned down to embers. Some of you may feel like a ship that's been battered, like a storm out in sea, or like a ship that's out in a storm out at sea. But I want to encourage you today, don't quit. Don't let your heart be troubled, but trust God, because he's always faithful to perform his part. But we have a part to do also. He's given us his word to build our lives upon, which gives us an unshakable foundation. He's given us the gift of being baptized in the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us and directs us and helps enable us to pray in the Spirit and building up our faith and to pray out God's plan for our lives. He's given us the body of Christ, the church, to encourage one another in His Word and in His Spirit Listen, if you've been listening to this message today and you want to overcome those tribulations in your life, some of you may feel like this past season has just gotten the best of you. And it just seems like it's really hard to get past these things. I want to encourage you today. Put in your effort. Start investing in yourself spiritually And trust God to do what you can't. Maybe today you're listening to this message and you too want to overcome the tribulations of this life. But you don't actually know Jesus as your Savior to even make that possible. Well, we can change that today. Let's say this prayer together and commit our lives to him. Heavenly Father, I've lived this life as a sinner. But today, I want to turn from my life of sin and choose to live my life in you. Forgive me of my past sins. Thank you for dying upon the cross so that my sins may be forgiven. I believe that God rose you from the dead. And I confess with my mouth today that you are my Lord and my Savior and that my life is born anew in you so that I may live this life in you as an overcomer. Amen. Well, listen, if you prayed that prayer today, I would just encourage you to go online to our website and fill out the Connect form 
at openarms.ie forward slash connect. And just let us know that you've made this life-altering decision to choose to live your life in Christ alone. I hope this message has been an encouragement to you. God bless you.